It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Well, hey everybody, Darren Garman, and happy, happy, happy fall. Well, it's not quite fall yet. I'm recording this podcast towards the tail end of September, but have done a little bit of traveling over the last couple of days uh, along the Mississippi River. And for those of you that have not done that in the Midwest, uh, especially in the northern regions of the Mississippi River, uh, I'm talking like uh, northeast Iowa, uh, the southwestern uh, part of Wisconsin and up into the um, Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Uh, it is quite the sight uh, in the fall. And even though we're not really technically into fall yet, we probably got about another month or so to go. Uh, the scenery is quite, um, uh, quite beautiful this time of year. And uh, did a lot of traveling. My son Isaiah was playing in some football games in Minnesota. So we were doing the drive from Cedar Rapids up to the um, uh, middle part of um, eastern Minnesota. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, eastern Minnesota. And the uh, drive takes us pretty much all along the Mississippi River from kind of the eastern half of Iowa up, as I said, into the you know Minnesota-Wisconsin border, uh, right along the Mississippi, and just beautiful. So, if you ever have an opportunity to do that, and you really like fall, it's worth the trip to see the fall colors and the uh, uh, and the landscape. It is it's truly something else. And so, uh, happy fall! And we're going to talk today about interest rates. As I'm recording this podcast, again, it, towards the end of September, and it is 2019, and there is a lot of talk, uh, there's been a lot of debate, uh, and just a, lot of, um, just a lot of activity around interest rates because of a lot of things going on in the world with Brexit, with what is going on in Europe, um, you know. So, for example, a lot of uh, savings accounts and deposit accounts—they're uh, not paying interest, and in them being banks and holding companies, you're paying them to hold your money. And a lot of that, of course, is based on rates and interest rates and negative interest rates and positive interest rates. And so, there's a lot of things going on globally, especially when it comes to trade. Uh, as well. And so you've got trade, you've got a lot of politics, you've got a lot of business that really depends on and is affected by interest rates. So this isn't going to be a podcast so much about, I mean, the macro part of this. So we're not going into global um, effects and, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to drill down to the most important part of this, for us investors, and that's how does this affect multifamily? How do interest rates changing up and down, back and forth? Uh, President Trump uh, giving the Federal Reserve 
a tongue lashing for not lowering them fast enough and lowering them enough when they do to the Federal Reserve, uh, firing back with their uh, reasons, and you've got all these things going on. And so what the hell does this mean for us? For us multifamily owners, for us multifamily investors, and also for those of you that are thinking of either investing more capital in multifamily, and it doesn't really matter whether it's regular money or IRA money, doesn't really matter, uh, because what I'm going to talk about is going to basically be uh, pretty much the same on most levels. Uh, or if you're looking at getting into your first multifamily community, what are some things you need to be thinking about and knowing as interest rates move around and change? And I'm going to give you really two big things to always remember that will really cover 95% of what you need to know. Okay, uh, Really two, maybe three, maybe two and a half, I'll call it. Uh, but really two and a half things you need to know that really encompass 95% of really everything you need to know. Okay, so before I get into that information, just a couple of quick housekeeping items. Number one, today's podcast is coming to you from the home office. And for those of you that have heard podcasts that have originated, which they do from time to time, from the home office, you know that we've got Bosworth and we've got Blue. Who are Bosworth and Blue? Well, they are my crack staff, my crack assistants, each of them with four legs, and they like to bark. So uh, some of you have given me compliments on what great security dogs I've got. Uh, some of you have wondered, what is that noise in the background? Do you have dogs just hanging out with you? Well, a consequence of working from the home office is things happen uh, outside of the office. And Bosworth and Blue, in particular, love to... Uh, make sure that our house is always protected. So what does that mean? The wind blows, they bark. Uh, someone walking by, they bark. As I've said before, uh, heaven for you know, heaven help you if you're a grandfather pushing a little baby in a stroller, you get barked at a lot. Um, heaven forbid if you're the you know the FedEx person. Uh, the mail carrier. If you drive a vehicle with a diesel engine, you're going. You're going to get barked at, and that's what Blue and Bosworth love to do. So you may hear my two crack assistants, uh, Bosworth and Blue, barking in the background from time to time. That may happen. Uh, so want to let you know about that. Uh, the second quick housekeeping item is just a quick reminder. For those of you that plan on getting involved in the Heartland Investment Partners Fund, um, investment fund, uh, the end of September is the cutoff, and we are getting pretty close. We're less than really a couple of weeks away from the cutoff point. Uh, so, for those of you that have not um, uh, have not completed everything you need to to get involved with us and to make sure that you're invested in the fund um, by the end of the month, you need to make sure you do. Uh, there are many investors that have. There are many more that have been working on it. And uh, experience basically tells me there are probably quite a few 
that are still sitting on the fence and know they need to get some things completed and they just haven't got around to it yet and the time is ticking, the clock is ticking. So if that's you and you need some assistance from our office, send me an email, uh, send me a text message. We'll make sure we get people in touch with you to help get everything rolling for you and to make sure you get involved here by the end of September. For some reason, if you don't have information on our property holdings, if you don't have information on the fund and what's going on and how has it been doing and how is the property, if, you're, if you don't have information yet on any of that stuff, just simply send me an email, send me a text, let me know, and we'll make sure that we get the staff uh, in touch with you to get that information to you so you can get those decisions made and you can um, you know, start enjoying the benefits of being involved with hundreds and hundreds of other partners from all over uh, the U.S. and a few in some other parts of the world that are owners of multifamily communities here in the heartland with me. So uh, I've given you the reminder. Uh, don't forget about that. <clears throat> I've given you the uh, caution uh, of uh, Blue and Bosworth. So let's jump into interest rates. The key thing you need to understand about interest rates is they do have a dramatic, dramatic effect on multifamily values. Okay, dramatic effect. And uh, not a lot of people know that. A lot of people think that, you know, as the net operating income, which is usually, which is your gross income, less your um, expenses uh, is your net income. Your net operating income is really the most important part and key part of all of those things. And, and by the way, that is important. And that's another subject for another time. It's the most important number a multifamily community really has is that net operating income number. Okay, But when it comes to value, interest rates play a key, key component into how much someone, an investor or investment group or whomever, is willing to pay to purchase your apartment community, right? So let me give you an extreme example of what I'm talking about and how this really plays into the value of multifamily real estate. Okay, so um, as of today, I'm recording this towards the end of the week. Beginning of the week, I got a couple of interest rate quotes from some lenders that are looking at financing a project some partners and myself are looking at purchasing. The interest rate that they're quoting me is for basically four and a quarter percent. Okay, four and a quarter percent. And so what happens, what I will then do is now that I know what the interest rate is, and now I know how much I plan on borrowing, I pretty much know what my monthly loan payment is going to be, right? And so once I've got, so let's say we're borrowing a million dollars and we know that with um, a loan payment of four and a quarter percent, okay, I pretty much have my loan payment. So actually let's figure that out right now, all right? So I'm gonna figure that out with you right now we're going to do it together and i know you're listening so you're not going to have access to this but so you're just going to have to basically trust me that this is what the payment would be 
And so um, let's go ahead and let's say a million dollars. And I'm plugging this into my trusty calculator right now. Uh, doing that. And let's say at four and a quarter percent. And we're going to use a 25-year amortization. Okay, 25-year amortization. So as of right now, I know my loan payment is going to be $5,417 a month. Okay, so here's what that means. I take my net income that my property's making per month. Let's say it's $10,000 a month. I subtract my loan payment of $5,417, right? So $10,000 a month minus $5,417, that gives me a monthly cash flow of $4,583. Pretty easy, pretty simple what I've gone over with you, right? My net income is $10,000 a month from the property after I pay all the bills, collect all the rent. I finally make my loan payment, my mortgage payment with an interest rate of four and a quarter percent. That loan payment is $5,417 and my cash flow in my pocket or in my partner's pockets in my pocket is $4,583 a month, okay? Now, how? what if the interest rate was double that? So instead of four and a quarter percent, let's say that the interest rate was eight and a half percent, okay? What would the payment be then? What would the payment be then if that was the case? If that was the case, the payment would be $8,052 a month. Okay? Pretty big difference. $8,052 a month. My net income is still $10,000 a month from the property. So my cash flow now goes down to $1,000. $948 a month. Okay, my cash flow was $4,583 a month at four and a quarter percent. My loan payment was $5,417, but at eight and a half percent, my cash flow goes all the way down to $1,948 a month, and my loan payment's $8,052 a month. Okay, so here's the bottom line, folks. Bottom line is this, am I going to pay more or less for a property if my cash flow is $4,000 a month versus $1,000 a month? Obviously, I'm gonna pay more for the property because my cash flow is more, right? And my loan payments are less. So because I can get financing, and because my loan payments are heck of a lot less at four and a quarter percent, I can afford to pay more for it because the money I borrow, I'm paying less in monthly loan payments. If my interest rate goes all the way up to eight and a half percent, then my loan payment be almost pretty much doubles and I can't pay as much for the property because my cash flow is now only $1,000 a month. Okay, so here's like a really, really bad example, exaggerated example, but think of it this way. I can pay a hell of a lot more for a property if interest rates are 4% versus 14%. Okay, there was a time in the 80s where interest rates were 17, 18, 19%. Late 70s, uh, Jimmy Carter, 
especially during the Jimmy Carter era in the late 70s and into the early 80s where interest rates were in the teens. How much do you think I could sell a property for if I have if people have to pay 19% interest versus 4% interest? Do you think I can get more money if people can borrow at 4% versus 19%? It's a pretty obvious answer. I can get a hell of a lot more money. And this is what drives the value of a lot of multifamily properties. Okay? So if I can if I can borrow money at a low, low interest rate, I'm willing to pay a hell of a lot more for the property. The more the rate goes up, the higher the interest rate is, the less I can pay because it affects the cash flow. Because I got the higher the rate, the more of the cash flow from the property goes to pay the lender instead of in my pocket. Okay? So the only thing you really need to know in terms of interest rates and their effect on value is the higher the rate, the less the properties are generally going to be worth. The lower the rate I can borrow at, the higher the properties are going to come in value-wise. And this is a very general statement. So I'm not considering things like owner financing. I'm not considering creative financing. I'm considering just conventional financing scenarios. Okay? Conventional financing scenarios. So when you're keeping your eye on interest rates, the thing you always want to kind of have in the back of your mind here, okay, is as interest rates get lower, the value of multifamily property will go up naturally as a consequence. Okay? As interest rates climb higher, values of multifamily property will slowly start to decrease as a result. The more money I have to pay a lender, the less I put in my pocket, the more the property value is going to decrease. The less money I have to pay to a lender and the more I can put in my pocket, the more I'm willing to pay for a property. That makes sense? So that's like the big picture thing you always need to keep in mind. Again, this is a very general thing to be thinking of, and I'm talking about conventional financing, okay? I'm not talking about, again, owner financing or side agreements or anything like that. That's a whole different story. So what you'll see, and here's the cool thing, it's a double-edged sword, though. As interest rates continue to go down, multifamily values will continue to go up. As interest rates start to rise slowly, multifamily values will start to go down. Okay? That's really the main thing you just you need to know and you need to understand in a nutshell. I mean, that's pretty much it. Okay? That's pretty much it. And so that's number one. Remember, as interest rates go down, multifamily values as a consequence of lower interest rates will go up. As interest rates start to climb, the value of multifamily properties will slowly start to go down. Okay? All right. That's number one. Okay, number two. Now, here's the thing you want to be thinking of when it comes to financing properties. Okay? Um... So I'm going to talk about something that's very popular right now amongst, let's just say, my multifamily comrades. So those people that are kind of like me, 
maybe doing what I'm doing, similar to what I'm doing, what I'm going to describe to you is very popular, but it is something that I totally, totally recommend you do not get involved in, okay? Um, just in a general sense. And again, there may be some uh, exceptions to what I'm going to tell you. But in general, I think it's a bad idea. And this is just the conservative part of me coming out. But it's just, I think, necessary to talk about because it has to do with interest rates. And that is a major popular, a popular financing component today is what's called interest-only financing. Okay, interest-only. Or what uh, folks in my business call I.O., you know, I.O. So I got a 4% I.O. for seven years. I got a 4.5% I.O. for five years. So what that means is they're paying interest only. I stands for interest. O stands for only. Interest only financing for three, five, seven years. And a lot of folks doing what I do, are they, they get kind of proud of that. You know, they think that they've really licked it. And in a way, based on what we just discussed, it makes sense that they would feel good about that. Why? Well, if you can lock in a low, low interest rate and pay interest only, that means your payment is lower than if you're making a principal and interest payment, right? So when we just went over some of those loan payments quickly here a little bit ago, those were principal and interest payments. So if you're paying interest only, that means that your, your loan payment now can actually go down, heck, another 10 to 15%. And now that you're paying even less to a lender, that means more cash flow in your pocket. And again, what does that mean? You can pay more or less for a property. That's right, you can pay more for a property. Property could arguably be more valuable because of the lower loan payments that you could be able to lock in and that a seller could actually argue that you could get interest only financing and you can pay hell a little bit more for my property if you wanted to. Um, this is a very popular financing tool and it's one that I recommend you never get involved in. Um, and I'll tell you like the two circumstances I'd recommend it's actually okay. But as a purchase option, I don't think it's smart. I don't think it's smart to ever not make principal payments on a loan. I think your loan needs to be making, your payment needs to be making principal. Uh, let me try that again. When you make a loan payment, you need to be paying the loan down each and every month through principal reduction. How about that? I never recommend the principal balance stays the same. Because why? There's never a guarantee that property values will increase. And we've seen markets We've seen times throughout, especially the last 25 or 30 years, we've seen times where multifamily values have stagnated or even gone down in some cases. Well, I tell you what, I want to make sure that when I'm making that loan payment, every month I'm building a little bit more equity, more equity, more equity, more equity, month after month after month after month. Okay, I don't want to be just paying interest and not building any equity and hoping through my loan payments, that is, and hoping that the value increases. Okay. Now, there are some different scenarios where it may make sense to do this, but I'm speaking just in general terms. So when I'm looking at purchasing a multifamily community, uh, one of my partnerships, 
Uh, my partners and I were looking at purchasing a multifamily community. I never, ever, ever consider interest-only financing. I think it's dangerous. And I think it's really fraught with risk. Why? Because your loan balance doesn't go down in this, in many cases, for years. So in a way, it's kind of like being a little too aggressive in the amount of cash you want to put in your pocket. Okay, When some of that money needs to go and pay down principal month after month, year after year. Because there's never guarantees on property value increases, ever. Now, when does it make sense to look at something like an interest-only loan? A couple of examples where I think it actually might not be a bad idea. Number one is if you have a very low loan to value. So if I've got a loan, if I've got a million dollar loan on a $2 million property, and conservatively that's what it's worth, and I can possibly refinance and pay interest only for five years, that's probably not a bad idea. That's probably not bad, okay? Because I've already got lots of equity there. Um, and my loan payments can go down. So I've got lots of equity already pretty much banked, okay? But if I'm just going out and buying a property today and I'm getting an 80% or even a little bit larger than that loan with interest only, with just a spread of about 20% equity, I mean, you're walking a tightrope, pal. You're walking a tightrope, in my opinion. I just don't think it's smart. Okay, um, and so another reason for interest-only financing may be a quick turnaround. And so there may be opportunities for you to get involved in a property that you may be flipping or selling within a short period of time. Um, then it might make a little more sense. But for your conventional general purchase, let's hold the property for a number of years. Let's get as much benefit as we can get as good of a return in cash flow as we can, and then let's move on after 5, 7, 10, 12 years, whatever it is. Interest-only financing is very dangerous. Okay? Very dangerous. You want to be paying down principal every month. Now, there are going to be a lot of folks in my world that will totally disagree with what I just said. Some even considered gurus at what we do would argue with me till the bitter end. Well, that's their opinion. I got mine. Uh, but I don't think interest-only financing makes sense. So I told you two and a half things. So those are the two main things you need to be thinking of when it comes to interest rates and multifamily investing. Here's the half thing. The half thing is, when it comes to looking into the future. Many times, interest rates can only be locked for a certain period of time. So you do want to give some thought. You do want to project into the future a little bit to see what you think a property would possibly be like at the end of the term. Okay. Now, this is admittedly looking into the crystal ball. You're admittedly... Um, making decisions on things that have not yet happened. So you're pretty much guessing. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really what you're doing. But at least to, at least makes sense to sit down and do some of this before you close 
so you at least have an idea of what may be coming up. So let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, so we just finished wrapping up a property that has a five-year loan term. Okay, Five-year term, and at the end of that five years, the interest rate will go up or down a maximum of a point and a half or one and a half percent maximum. So it is an adjustable rate loan. It's locked in for five years right now. But in year five, based on what um, an index is doing, and in this case, it's the 10-year treasury, based on where the 10-year treasury is at, we could be paying a point and a half more than what we're paying now, one and a half percent, or we could go down possibly one and a half percent. Okay, again, depending on where that 10-year treasury is in five years or somewhere in between there. Maximum one and a half percent raise, maximum one and a half percent rate reduction. Okay, you follow me? Well, I need to know what my debt service is going to be or what my loan payments are going to be in five years. I need to know that now. So as part of my process, I'll sit down and I'll figure out three things. Number one, what will my loan balance be in five years? Number two, what will my loan payments be if rates go up as high as they possibly can in five years? And number three, what will my loan payment be if loan payments go down as much as they can in five years? Do the math and know what I'm looking at. It may be really good news both ways. It may be good news or bad news. I mean, there could be any combination. But the point is, I know. I know. So as we get closer to those anniversary dates where interest rates may adjust, I really know two main things. Number one, what my cash flow could possibly be, right? And number two, what's the first thing I talked about in this podcast today? Value. I pretty much now can have an idea what my values could possibly be, right? Because if rates are lower in five years, that more than likely means my property will be more valuable, right? But if rates go up, that could possibly mean that my property may be lower in value. So maybe to counteract that, maybe I need to have a regimen where I raise rents, where I'm reducing expenses. So you see, now this creates conversation about what we're going to do, right? About what our plans are, what our strategy is here. Make sense? Okay, good. So those are the two and a half things I wanted to mention to you about interest rates. And let me just recap them again just real quickly for you. Number one, the big one, is always to remember, when rates continue to go down, a natural byproduct of that is multifamily values will, in general, go up. When rates continue to go up, as a byproduct of that, multifamily values will continue to go down in value, in general. Okay. Number two, the types of interest that you pay. Interest only financing or do you have financing where you're making principal and interest payments? And I gave you my opinion on that, which I think was pretty clear. And then number three, predicting into the future on where rates could possibly be, because in most cases, you know, um, in most cases, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, whatever it is you are able to at least make some kind of prediction and at least make some kind of strategic plan to decide which direction you want to go once that time comes. Because here's the one thing that happens to every 
multifamily owner. The years go by faster than you think. So when I'm sitting down at the closing table and I'm locking in a five-year rate, I'm locking in a 10-year rate, whatever it is, at the time you're thinking, yeah, five years, I mean, that's a long ways away. I don't have to worry about that much. 10 years, that's a long ways away. Well, you'd be surprised how damn fast those years go by. And all of a sudden, oh, what are we going to do? We need to make some decisions. Well, as a result of that, as I said earlier, you need to have those conversations now. Okay, so I think this podcast, this episode, pretty much covered most everything you want to know about interest rates. Okay, about interest rates. So uh, I appreciate you being with me for this episode. Again, we're getting close to the end of September, folks. If you want to be involved in our heartland, the nation's only, the nation's only multifamily investment fund focused on conservative heartland of America apartment communities, get in touch with me so we can get that information to you. I hate for you to miss out on this, especially at a time right now where there is this kind of demand from tenants and this kind of demand from investors. Um, but in any case, I'm glad you joined me today. Questions, comments, I would love to hear from you about today's podcast. Have a great day. Have a great week or weekend. Whenever you have listened to me or you're listening to me, take care. We will see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.